How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Previously on Gresh and Fourier. Like what about just batting practice? Would absolutely love to. I think we should. I think we can make that happen. Let's start with that's that. Just, with that's, just, one, that's just, just going to take one people. swing. Like, I can hit the red seat. Yeah, we'll try to hit the red <laughs> seat. Yeah. I don't think I can hit it out. I think I might be able to hit it off the wall, you know but I don't think I can hit it out. I'm really a small ball I also player. I swung a bat, and I can't tell you how. I can't I'm with you. I can't remember. I will all be at the batting I think the problem, give us a date. Give us a date when we can do it, and then we can kind of prep. We can have Coop, <laughs> like, videotape out montages getting ready. This is Gresh and Fourier. The bump, the feed in the corner. What a rejection in there by White. Tim Hardle inbound gets it to Turner. He's stepped in there by Tatum. After beating the Pelicans here last night, White will look. He'll feed to Tatum. Clock is ticking. That's all she wrote. Boston wins again. Andy Gresh. He definitely challenges guys, and and that's a great thing. You know, that's a great thing. I think also you have to give credit to like JT, JB. He can challenge those guys, and if he can challenge those guys, then he can challenge everybody else also. And so you have to give credit to JB and JT for you know to be open to that. And that's, I think that's a big part of what makes us a great team. Christian Fourier. Are they trying? Because they, no. they let Justin Turner, they're not, okay. They're, they're not trying the way they should be They've got Jordan Montgomery sitting in Boston, working out in Boston. His wife is doing a residency in Boston. He is right in front of them. And maybe they'll sign him, but it sure doesn't seem like they're going to do anything big. It's inexplicable to me the way they're running this thing. Gresh and Fourier, right now. I'm in for shagging. Me too. On WEEI. Oh boy, we got a Celtics win. The Patriots have finally hired somebody. And oh boy. Oh boy. I'll tell you, it's a hot one. The numbers connected to uh, this guy. Holy cow. You what know, guy? but the the, uh, the special teams hire, and you look oh, at the, here look we at the go Rams again. Back special on that teams road. last year. Yeah. Well, again, we hired from Sean McVay. Yay! Oh, we'll get to it. But uh, it was all about the Celtics last night over at the TD Garden Fourier where... This was one of those nights last night where the Celtics made it much more difficult on themselves, although seeing Pascal Siakam as a Indiana Pacer makes you realize just how good that move was. And in the end, the Celtics got the win 129-124, but good grief. Yeah. You know, if you look at the last really three minutes of this game, Porzingis makes a uh, a five-footer to put you up 127 118. Then you end up having a miss with an offensive rebound and another miss, and then the Pacers go down and uh, and knock down a shot. Then the Celtics turn it over. Pacers go down, make a two, 
Now it's 127-122. Derek White misses a three. Miles Turner gets the rebound. Here comes Naismith. It's now a three-point game. Then, you know, the ball gets, what, tapped away from Porzingis in the post, I think it was. Um, Yeah, Porzingis then with the turnover. Derek White with the smartest play of the game, committing a personal foul there late. So, Christian, I don't know whether it's glass half full or glass half empty in looking at the final two minutes and 45 seconds of last night. Oh, geez. Okay, I'm going to go based on uh, what um, Joe Mazzula was saying after the Pelicans win about like liking the fact that they were in these difficult situations, challenging, had to come back. You know, this is almost like the opposite of the Pelicans game. In the Pelicans game, you started off slow. You had to play catch-up. You slowly chipped away at it. Then you took the lead. Then you took over. They passed out. They gave up. They couldn't handle it, and then you won. And this game, holy crap, 81 points in the first half. That's got to be some sort of record. I I, I don't know what, but 81 freaking points, and you're shooting the lights out. You knew there was going to be some sort of correction by the Pacers because they shoot a lot of threes also. So sure as hell, they come back and they make a game of it. But I will say this. The one thing that you can kind of rest at night, you know, and, and, and and, and be comfortable with, especially in an era where guys are scoring 70 points and nobody's playing defense, and that seems to be the norm. I saw Shaquille O'Neal talking on uh, one of the TNT broadcasts last week about how his coaches never talked about defense. It was never important. It was all about uh, scoring points. Uh, The NBA overall is about scoring points and making it attractive and making it interesting. It's interesting considering he played with Kobe on the whole. I'm just saying, end, like this. But... Th- these are my words. These are his. He was almost shaming um, uh, Charles Barkley for bringing up defense because the topic has been all these guys scoring seventy plus points mm-hmm. and nobody's playing defense. You heard this. In, you heard this in the open. And Nick, I want you to play it again because this is when they need a stop. When they need to shut a game or a player out. When they need to literally flip the switch, they can get into. Shut down defense, which I don't know how many teams can. Here's the last possession that the Pacers had. It's Newmard. Holiday is on him. He'll make a move. The bump. The feed in the corner. Oh, what a play! What a rejection in there by White! Tim Hardle inbound. Gets it to Turner. He's stuffed in there by Tatum! Stuffed in there by Tatum! Look at that. That First of all, like, so uh, Holiday's ball pressure. D. Mm-hmm. White gets the block. Ball goes out of bounds. They get it, they get new life. There's still time on the clock. They inbounds the ball again. This time it's Tatum. Your superstars, your role players, your just your grunts, whatever you want to call it, they can lock you down and they can shut you out. So when you're in desperation mode and you need a, an open shot, you don't get it because they're so quick, they're so smart, they're clever, they're aware of the situation more than anything. They don't panic. And they closed the game out. So three players made a major impact in this game the way it was won. Drew Holiday, Derek White, ball goes out of bound. Jason Tatum, your superstar, the guy that sold the second most jerseys in the, in the NBA, made an unbelievable defensive stop to help you win the game. Amazing. That's why I think the Celtics are different overall. Well, they to me, they have the best defensive backcourt with Holiday and White. Those guys can lock people up. 
and we know that Jalen Brown is a forward, but he's kind of like a guard. He can play good defense. And then the buy-in from Jason Tatum has always been there. And then Porzingis defensively is Porzingis what he's going to be. That's why I think it's the whole glass half full last night. Yes, it sucks they made it harder on themselves, but when it came to crunch time, everybody knew what to do. And some of that might be Joe Missoula, but a lot of that is having guys who've been in the league for a while. Tatum and Brown aren't old. Derek White's been in the league for a while. Holiday's been in the league for a long time. Porzingis has a ton of experience. You now have guys who will not panic in that moment, and you throw Al Horford in that mix as well. That's another guy who knows how close and late, really. That was I know it's a football term. Yeah, what are you doing close and late? You know, and it, it's kind of a gambling thing as well. But that's where the Celtics maybe have an advantage. And I wonder, Christian, how much of something that Kristaps Porzingis said after the game last night ties into what you just laid out of, let's just call it buy-in. Um, what you're about to hear from Kristaps Porzingis sounds like a compliment that also would have been given to Bill Belichick challenges guys and and that's a great thing you know that's a great thing I think also you have to give credit to like JT JB he can challenge those guys and if he can challenge those guys then he can challenge everybody else also and and so you have to give credit to JB and JT for you know to be open to that and that's I think that's a big part of what makes us a great team and uh, and and we need we need that in in the long run and in the most important moments when you know the playoffs and and some high high tension situations will come you know is he talking about challenging each other stars challenging no, no, no. stars what is he talking no, about he's talking about how tatum and brown have allowed themselves to be coached hard and challenged by uh. joe missoula and i i heard this from chris long when all the stuff was going down with bill belichick chris long said listen it was tough but i loved my time there and he went on to say that bill belichick was the only guy he had ever played for who treated everybody the same and the standard was the standard and there was sort of no special exceptions, whatever, stuff like that. It kind of sounds like Joe Missoula is doing that because if you don't coach your best players hard, how can you then coach everybody else? So, Christian, is that a coach mindset of I have to do it this way and you get people to buy in or do your superstars kind of have to let you do it? Because even at the end of the run with a guy like Belichick, Brady was tired of being used as an example on a Monday. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's all of the above, and that, and nobody likes to hear that, but everybody needs Fair to enough. be – you need to be willing to accept that. Because most really high-end, really smart, talented players – Sometimes they, they don't like people telling them what to do, so they need to be open to hard coaching. They need to be open to being called out, and they can't like, hold a grudge against it, right? They can't be all upset. So I think they, they all got to go together. Like Kobe liked it, and I know it's another Kobe reference, but we know that Jason There's Taylor others. Ta- There's a no, lot. But it's the, the high-end guys. Like James Harden ain't getting coached by anybody. Here's what I – here's what I – True. <laughs> Uh, because he think he he has all the answers. He's, he's, yeah, That's why he'll never win anything. So I would say that um, the he's one him. thing that I have kind of noticed, I mean, with Missoula, is how he really cherishes these, like I'll call it, you know, money in the bank type moments. Like he is just using the regular season as making deposits. 
life lesson uh, to making a deposit uh, with the win against the Pelicans. Here are your danger areas. Learn from this. Put it in the back of your mind. Put it in the bank. Uh, yes, last night against the Pacers, who you know who you were shooting like crazy, and they decided they cr- created a lot of chaos. They were shooting it out. They had a message also. And they almost make you lose the game. It's a regular season game in the big scheme of things. It's not really important. You're the number one team in the league. But put it in the bank. Because what he, I think ultimately, when the time the postseason comes around, he's going to expect them to make a withdrawal. Small investment during the regular season on a random Tuesday game. Make a withdrawal. Small investment. Big dividend come playoff time. Like these are all just, I mean, in the big scheme of things, they're not really important. But when it comes to winning a championship, like taking that next step where you can literally beat a really talented team that won't give up either. Because when you get to the finals, they're not giving up. No, no, no. They're they're good teams. You got to break their guts. will. Yeah. You got to break their will. And then when clutch, t- clutch time comes around, just like last night, when you've kind of squandered a big lead, I think they had like a 20-point lead at one point in time. And then next thing you know, by the time the fourth quarter starts, the like lead, lead is gone. When you need it most, ball out of bounds. You focus, you pay attention, you're disciplined, you make the play that matters. Well, and Christian, you did kind of nail it on the, this is about the Celtics making the investments during the regular season so that last 2 to 3% they need to get there. It's the tiny things. That's it. Details. Yep. All the stuff that... Hey, we've been here before. Exactly. Hey, you can draw on it. Hey, listen, hey guys, uh, you know, January 29th, 20, January 20, uh, 30th, whatever. Like, February was just about to pop up. January 31st. Today, yeah. yeah. It's one of the weird uh, months where you get a 31. But to your overall point, I see exactly what you're saying. And it seems like Missoula has a plan. And even though he does dog them out every once in a while, they are clearly listening to the guy. And uh, Joe Missoula is going to be one of the candidates for Coach of the Year, no question. Uh, boy, oh boy. We have a hire in Foxborough. Billy, has uh, WEEI let the white smoke out of the uh, top of our building because there's been a hire? I don't know if I uh, believe so. I don't know if Mingles got that done or not. We asked him about nine. We, I, I, you're you're exactly right. Question: If Mock Mingles got something done, or he would be standing up there lighting off flares so that it would look like there was smoke, you know, like we found a pope. Just fight up a half a dozen cigars. Ooh, that would be me on the ride home. I'll tell you that. That's if my chest and cough can deal with it. But uh, the Patriots are hiring Rams assistant special teams coach Jeremy Springer to be their special teams coordinator. Uh, and if I may uh, steal one of uh, Chicken Nick's more favorite lines that I hear around here, not great, Bob, in terms of the numbers, but jazz hands, woo! Got somebody from McVay, yeah, woo! Here we go, yeah, just like everybody else, yeah, woo! Jazz hands, <laughs> let's steal from, let's steal from McVay, woo! Let's follow the plan that others have and can't think outside the box. But, hey, it's McVay. Hold on, peanut butter. Woo! <laughs> Rub them all over those nipples, baby. Yeah. Now, oh, now, boy. It's moving. Oh, yeah. Well, we got we got an assistant special teams coach from somewhere. An assistant I mean, assistant really. to the travel secretary. Yeah, yeah, that's George Costanza, uh, the assistant to the traveling secretary. There we go. This, again, and this again, is further proof. That from this the Rams, is a, so must work. This is a four-year build. This is a four-year build. We need to have that discussion today in the 1 o'clock hour because 
I know Gerard Mayo has said, well, what is this organization going to stand for? Winning. How's that correlate with a four-year build? And the numbers for the OC job are dwindling. Again, it's just going to go to, ooh, McVay, Rams, woo! Let's bring in Nick Cayley. That's what it feels like. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, The King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. Come on, Fourier! Hey, we're going to hire all the assistants' assistants at the Rams. Yeah! Jazz hands! Woo! Can't wait. I was watching, uh, what was it, Old School? Uh, I think it was uh, was it Old School with, uh, uh, was on uh, this weekend. And you know the one scene where they go around and they grab all the, like, the recruits, all the possible, like, uh, the old guys, you're my boy, Blue, the fat dude, the skinny guy. They go around in that, like, 18 van and they go, they go grab everybody as they're walking through campus. That's what I feel like Gerard Mayo is doing for every, like, Sean McVay, Los Angeles Rams assistant to the assistant to the assistant. He's just going to go, like, start, like, poaching all of them. So, so, again, we're now to the – we're doing things like everybody else now. We're just, oh, who are the teams that everybody wants to poach from? Well, maybe our chances will be okay. And look, even you know, my guy TJ Ingerson in the Twitch chat, uh, you know, we're uh, kvetching and moaning about Mayo and the process because you and I see danger afoot. You and I are, we've been watching this for now three weeks, and I love the way you described it. It's almost like, hey, you got any interest in being an OC? You know, you're walking down the street or you, you know, set up a kiosk at the mall. Hey, anybody want to be an OC? Come on, interviews right now. What the hell? That's the, that's the I think, a part of the reason why you and I have reacted the way we have is because we laughed at other teams that would just have no plan and then say, well, ooh, this guy, ooh, he walked Sean McVay's dog. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> let's give him the offense. Like, that, uh, that's let's what play, it feels let's play, like. Let's play devil's advocate real quick. Okay, because can you make a case 
Uh, and I'm sure, like, you know, Mayo, who was, you know, obviously a football player, uh, went into the business world, went to the real world, mm-hmm. right? And started growing, you know, m- you know, m- relationships and cultivating these meaningful collaborative events, right? Cause that's what, that's what you get in that, in that side of the, of the world, right? So interviewing all these guys is, is, is it, can it just be him doing his due diligence and trying to learn as much as humanly possible because he's so green, because he doesn't know what he wants? And why should that be a bad thing? He's never been a head coach before. Well, I would think that a guy who had it written into his contract uh, 14 months ago would have a clue. Is that unfair? I have it contractually put in writing. I'm the next guy. Well, I've thought about half of this. That's about right. I get your point on the whole trying to gather as much intel as you can. But there was no list from the very beginning. I found this last night. Gerard Mayo, in the day he was named head coach. And this is good stuff by Phil Perry. I found it on YouTube. Phil asks him about offensive coordinator. Okay. Now, there have been what now? Two or three guys who've turned down the OC job. So listen to Mayo's answer. Because how Mayo answers this question about finding an OC might actually be a more negative reflection on ownership. Take a listen. What makes you the right guy to find the guy yeah. who's going to shape this offense moving forward? That's a good question. And, and once again, I'll go back to collaboration. Um, no, ownership, 1,000%. They have a lot of resources and contacts across the league to to help us with this. Um, but we'll see how it, how it shakes out. But I, that's the first person, any hire, offense, defense, special teams, they can vet those guys. And look, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna bat a thousand in year one. I'm sure someone will change in year two. But at the same time, like I have to go with my gut. And, and Thunder talked about his gut a lot. Uh, there is a book, Don't Trust Your Gut, though. I will say that. But his, his has never been wrong. And so hopefully I'm the last one of these that he has to do. So, Which Gerard, part of that? when you said ding, ding, ding was the real money. When Not great, Bob. When he said, oh, well, ownership has a lot of resources. Well, I mean, how many people have turned the job down already? So, and with the whole, well, ownership has resources and connections and da-da-da to be able to help. And we got people saying, no, we've got the quarterback's coach in Houston who would rather stay there on a new contract than come here and run an offense. So are these people looking under the hood and going, I got to do too much work to this motor, or I got a new guy over here who I don't know if he's going to help me or whatnot. So Gerard Mayo is in part relying on ownership resources. Nick, can you play like the first, I don't know, eight seconds of that Mayo answer on the whole deep, you know, and vetting everybody and uh, went right to collaboration as well. You know why you go right to collaboration when you don't have a real firm idea on your on your own? But here, that's a good question. And and once again, I'll go back to collaboration. Um, you know, ownership one thousand percent. They have a lot of resources and contacts across the league to to help us with this. Okay, uh, there you go. So what does that say about man. the ownership and the contacts across <laughs> the league? That we're, you know it. that we're now down to Luke Getze is going for another inter- his second interview in New Orleans. And there's a couple of basically, I think, of the five that are left, like four of them have connections to tight ends and one in guess where Scott Turner worked last year? The Raiders 
For whom? Josh McDaniels. Who's out there? If you're going to land on Turner, just turn around it's and go gonna with Josh. Tur- it's am, good. am I making a mountain out of no, a you know, it, But this is like danger. Da- Someone put it in the Twitch chat. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, yeah. it seems like a lot of cooks in the kitchen won. There, and that's just that. another way of saying collaboration. Like, let's all get in the kitchen together and yeah. are going to make salmon. All right. What type of salmon should we make? Well, I'm gonna go with mine on a on a you know on a cedar plank board. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna grill mine. I'm gonna saute mine. Well, go, we'll draw. What do you think? Oh, geez, I don't know. I don't like any of those options. Uh, can we can we talk to some more chefs? Bring some more chefs in here. How would you like to? Oh, I eat it just straight on off the line. <laughs> no, it's like it it does because I obviously he's not ready. He doesn't know what he wants, and I do think part of his problem is going to be allowing himself to be so open to collaboration. To, hey, you know what? It's almost like a search firm. A lot of colleges, the athletic directors, they should know how to hire a coach. They should know what which coach they want. They should know who which guy is the next up-and-coming star. They don't. They're suits. So what they do is they hire a search firm. Mm-hmm. And this search firm gives them, I don't know, five to ten names, Right. And they present why this guy's good. Here's what you can afford. Okay, you're going to really have to put a push for this. This guy will do this. Okay. You find out that a head coach at another school is actually interested in your job, even though he's currently employed. That's I, what I have, those search yeah, firms I have so do. Many, I, and like, I feel like this the search firm is the, his ownership, is Robert Glazier. Hey, we're going to go find you the candidates. And you tell us which one you like. And we'll let you, uh, you know, submit a couple, you know. But I tell you what, if I was the head coach, I'm not. I would know exactly who I would want, and I would know exactly what I would want to do. If I was a def- if I was a head coach, offensive background, I am. I'm, I got an offensive background. I would know exactly who I would want. Jim Harbaugh, kind of kooky, right? New head coach, of no the, doubt. Uh, um, uh, your guy, your turn. guy, the head coach at uh, UMass. Oh, uh, Don Brown. Don Brown. You know how Don Brown got hired at, at, Michigan? at Michigan. You want to know how? You don't want to know the research that Jim Harbaugh did. For I'm, Don Brown, I'm curious. Okay, this is this is crazy. All he did was look at the top defenses and how they ranked in the nation. You can go to cfbstats.com. You can go to espn.com. I use cfbstats.com, and all he did was go to the top defenses over the last two years, and then he found out who was in charge of those defenses. Mm-hmm. He hired Don Brown without even really. Interviewing him without really knowing, didn't knowing know, didn't know him. anything. Don Brown d- ran into uh, uh, Ann Arbor quickly. Interview. He was hired. Yep. Strictly because of that. Now his defenses were good at Michigan, and then they got really crappy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my point is, he knew what he wanted. As weird as his, uh, you know, his mentality was, he went out and got it. So I don't understand. Like, it just seems like there's. It's like you, the, the pendulum swung so vastly the other and, way. And, and it's and like, think, oh, my yes, God. And I think that's what brings out kind of the reaction in me is that we used to down there, it was it was you think different, you did things differently, and even if you landed on doing things conventionally, right, because that's a all modern offense, conventional, all that kind of stuff, there was at least still some different kind of thought, and now it just feels like, well, who's the assistant to the assistant to the assistant of uh, anybody on these three teams? And that's going to be the one that we're going to bring in because this offensive coordinator hire, Drop Mayo's already kind of told us that 
leading us down the road. It's going to be quarterback at number three. If you're going to invest that kind of capital in a quarterback, this OC can't fall under what we heard Gerard Mayo say on the, hey, I'm not going to bat a 1,000. This one you can't screw up. This guy who uh, this guy who's coming in from the uh, Rams, what's his name? Jeremy Houston, I think it is. He's the uh, he's the uh, Jeremy Springer. Sorry, oh, the, not Jerry Springer. No, uh, Jeremy Springer, Rams assistant special teams coach. If you look at the if you look at the numbers, there are no numbers there that are connected to this guy in terms of special teams, from a kicker to the returns to anything to make you scream. This is one of sort of the new guys. This is somebody who will come in and approach it differently. Or if you hired somebody who was a great kicking coach, that would make a lot of sense. You can find another special teams coordinator, and hell, given some of the numbers the Patriots had, maybe you can make case Cam Acord should have been considered a little more. But that's aside. You can't screw this OC thing up. If you're going quarterback at three, we can't be sitting here after a year going, well, there was one of the misses from Mayo, you know, whomever it is, Nick Cayley, whatever, they're not long for the job, and you've essentially taken that third-round pick and you have put it in the crapper and just flushed it. That's why this is such a big deal. If the number three pick can transform the franchise, you don't want to turn them over to someone's dog walker. And it, that's where I, I, I just have this feeling of the you're, you're going to get an offensive coordinator, but I don't know if it's, yes, we got that guy as our offensive coordinator. I don't know if there's going to be anybody at Gillette who will be jumping up and down that way. So this OC search has got to make you think about what you're going to do at number three, does it not? <sighs> Man, I was a little bit optimistic. The farther away we get from Bill, like the the more uh, pessimistic I become. And I get it; it is early. And 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 and, and Durant, <laughs> Drew Mo in the Twitch uh, chat said, "Gresh, don't worry, there'll be other number three picks in the future." Oh yeah, Ugh. I love it. I love that Tom, that Mike Tomlin line where he's like, you know, talking to some great player, and he's like, "Man, I hope we never suck enough to have an opportunity to draft to you to get you." Yeah, that's it's a- just like it's like a classic line. But let me ask you. So if Mayo, again with Phil Perry, and a good job on that question on the OC and the whole, well, ownership has a lot of resources and they'll help vet people. So what does this say, if anything, about ownership that Zach Robinson and others and the whole Houston contingent decided to stay there and all that stuff? Because if if that is the final person you would meet with, let's say, and we're sort of thinking that, Jonathan Kraft has a heavy hand. Robin Glazier has a heavy hand. Gerard Mayo does. But if it's the whole they're being vetted by ownership, then in a way, shouldn't ownership have the ability to try to sway some of these people? Or have they already played their, oh, you're the next head coach in waiting card, and now it's not as easy to recruit people to come here and coach in New England? Just seems like a lot of stipulations. Like you're going to – it just seems like a lot of – for a first, first of all, I will say this: you need to start treating Gerard Mayo just like, just as you would uh, any other rookie player. How do you mean? Uh, any other rookie? They're going to have a massive amount of issues. They're going to stumble. They're going to do some good things. They're going to do a lot of stupid things. There's going to be 
Some guys are fast learners. Some guys uh, learn from uh, making mistakes. Some guys don't figure it out to the second or third year. We have to get Mayo his own learning curve. He does. He's going to yep. be on a learning curve. You're, I, I'm curious how critical people are going to be of him because how green he is. Like, he is an experienced football person. No but doubt. He's not, he has zero experience running a team. Would you hire Gerard Mayo to run Apple? Hey, we, we, we like, would you just throw him in any Fortune 500 company? What? Hey, you're a good leader. Where did People he respect you. Where, I he, it was Optum. He, uh, fair enough. Like, would, you, would you let him run he, that well, company? Well, that's the thing. He wasn't there for a little while, and then they were like, wow, you're really good. You can work your way up. Or they didn't he, is a, he is a great, um, you know, uh, face of the franchise. Okay? Because he's, you know, he's the face of the franchise right now because nobody else on that team is. Yeah. Like, you think of the Patriots, you think of Gerard Mayo. There's not a player on that team that you're like, oh, wow. This No, it's Gerard Mayo now. It looks like it was for Bill. So, but he is going to have some just major blunders. He's going to have to, you know, apologize his way out of it. He's going to have to own it. Own it. We'll see how he owns his mistakes. Hey, uh, Dan Campbell, that was really stupid. Or you know what? I'm not going to change my ways. And you know Brandon what? Staley. And and I think in terms of the season coming up, a lot of those will be easy to contextualize. Hey, oh, that's a dumb move, bad mistake, bad clock management, bit him in the ass. Happens to everybody. It's even bit Bill once in a while. It's bit Nandy Reed his whole career. He can't shake as good as he is. <laughs> Excuse me. He can't shake the whole. Hey, you're a bad manager of the clock. It's like it's sticking with Andy Reid forever. That I understand. And someone in the in the uh, text just said, um, "Hey, uh, Mayo probably thought he was taking over in in two years, not just one." I'm sorry. Whenever you find out that it is written in stone, because that's what it was in that contract, that you then automatically start to think about. Ooh, the job. You know it's in the back of your mind. But I would even say, like, I would even coming up as an assistant coach, you meet friends, you you build relationships, and you become really tight because you're working all throughout the night, throughout the week. You say, hey, and one guy, then you all come up together. Man, if I get a job, I'm taking you with you. The first thing you do is bring your guys with you. No doubt. And it feels like there's that Mayo has had no exposure to anything on offense at all, given here's the other thing, too. If Nick Cayley comes in, Christian, what are they running? I don't know. And, and, and I have no the, idea. And to the point, for, a those, hybrid version. for those in the Twitch chat who have been hard on us, try to answer that question. Because Nick Cayley has been with the Rams, what is it, two years now? Do we really think that he would then be able to come in and say, hey, everybody loves McNay? So here's his offense. I got his playbook. Yeah, what does his right? playbook look like? But 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 you know this as well as I do. The great offensive coordinators know the scheme so well, they know how to fix the holes in it. And when you borrow an offense, and this has been proven with the most offensive coordinators, if you're borrowing an offense that you don't know inside and out, you can't close the loopholes. And that is another one of these big worries for me that – if it's Nick Cayley coming in here, is he just going to go, boy, that Patricia playbook in 22 kind of looked like ours. Let's go back to some of that, and I'll steal a bunch of stuff McVay has, and here we go. 
Like, again, maybe I'll be dead wrong and they'll go win 10 games and Gerard Mayo will be everything that people want him to be. But right now, on offense, it is what? It's a bunch of guys who are connected to tight ends, and that's about it. And not that being connected to tight ends is bad, don't get me wrong, but it's evident as we move through that Josh McDaniels is not a, a consideration at all for this, and that is something I don't understand. You and I talked about Brian Greasy, a texter sent it in. Hey, Brian Greasy, he's he, if he's out there working with Brock Purdy and he was a quarterback, he's got, again, he's connected to Shanahan. I figure everybody dropped trowel. Yeah, it's the same as McVay. Shanahan yeah. or McVay, you know, everybody wants to kind of tap into that. So uh, who is left for the OC job right now, folks? The names on the list are uh, Rams tight end coach Nick Cayley, uh Former Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze, who's interviewing in New Orleans for a second time today. The Lions pass game coordinator Tanner Eggstrand. 49ers tight end coach Brian Flory. 49ers assistant Clint Kubiak. Raiders pass coordinator Scott Turner. And again, Scott Turner hired by McDaniels with the Raiders at the beginning of 2023. So why not maybe just turn to that guy? I just fear they're going to draft a quarterback at number three, and in two years we're going to be like, oh, boy. This OC ain't making it happen. Maybe we'll be uh, dead wrong. You know what? If you want to be able to tell a friend, hey, listen to these guys break down this Patriots offensive coordinator job, all you got to do is go to the Odyssey app or make it easy on yourself and subscribe to the Gresh and Fourier podcast downloaded right to the device of your choice. Um, Tom Brady made a little appearance on the Pat McAfee show yesterday where he did say very nice things about Gerard Mayo, but he also talked about the Patriot way. We'll get to that and stop into Brady land next. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Yeah, Gerard was a great leader, a great captain, a great friend. I think he had tremendous amount of success in football and then had success in other parts of his life when he retired. And then him coming back into coaching I think is great for the NFL and certainly great for the Patriots. He's got a great understanding of how things need to be done. I think Gerard does an incredible job um, relating to everybody in the locker room, all the coaches, and I think he'll do he'll do a great job. So that is Tom Brady on the Pat McAfee show yesterday talking about Gerard Mayo, or as Brady called him about ten years earlier, Gerard Belichick. <laughs> but we'll uh, make sure that's scrubbed from the internet so nobody can find that. We don't want any. Connection. Everybody has their favorites. No silos and no. Uh, yeah. yeah, all those silos that were built during the uh, the Belichick era need need to be knocked down. Hey, need to be. You know what? You remember, like when they office space used to be like everyone used to have their own office. I remember, like ESPN, all these other companies. They they got rid of like cubicles, and it became one big open area. Oh, so yeah, everyone that's right. could collaborate. Maybe. No one had their own little silo. No one had their own little office with the door. They forced everybody out of their office to be in the middle of the room. Hey, can we work on this sheet real quick? That's what they're doing right now. I mean, no that, silos. There, there is there is a feel of that. Well, I wondered if uh, I wondered if at Gillette they have people who are uh, experts in knocking down silos, or do we you probably a, do or need do we a gotta, specialist, or do, right? Or, or do we need to send uh, Mingles down there with some explosives and just uh, bust those things down? Oh, that was figuratively. This is, oh, not a, you don't really want me to blow them. I'll take my oh, TNT. Oh, I got you. Okay, sorry. Don't tell anybody I was here. Uh, so uh, Tom Brady also. Uh, and I, I, I think it was mentioned to him the phrase, the Patriot way. Yeah. 
And oh boy, did Brady have an answer to that. I've never used that term in my entire life. I think well, when people say it, I'm always like, what's the Patriot way? It sounds like the title of a book. Um, I think what we tried to do was we tried to do things the right way. I think we tried to practice the right way and prepare the right way. What happened on game day was ultimately a reflection of what we practiced. And I thought we had great leadership from our coaches and it filtered down to the guys who really drove the culture. We had so many guys that I played with over the course of a lot of years that, you know, really understood that, okay, I'm going to care about my teammates and I'm going to care about helping the team win. And whatever personal agenda you had, you know, individual success and individual awards, I don't, I don't want to make those insignificant, but they weren't as significant as what we were trying to accomplish as a team. Okay, so um, I guess that's it's the Patriot way. It's so funny to me because yeah, I'll paraphrase it for him. It's just about being a grown up, a professional. Like that's the Patriot way. Hey, meeting start at nine. Get there about five minutes early just to make sure you're late. Not to be a hardo, but dude, don't be late and don't chance it. Don't live on the edge. Hey, uh, the whole do your job is like, hey, do I have to plead with you to do the job that I'm paying you to do? Hey, Fourier, I'm 25 and a grown man. I don't have to listen to you. It's so, it, it really is. It's amazing that the Patriot way turned into this whole like cult and everybody had their own like little way of explaining it. And everyone locally or nationally who weren't who weren't on the team created this their own like you know definition of it. Whoa. It's real, real, real simple. And it's you know what the uh, I'm sure the Kansas City Chiefs have their own chief way. Uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens have the Baltimore way. The way the, the way the flock flies, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's so simple, but it, it's weird that like oh somebody's actually and people don't think. NFL football players, or because they're football, they're playing a sport, a game, that they can incorporate real business mentality. Hey, I just got hired as an insurance overrider or whatever, underwriter. Yeah. I, you know, I got hired, uh, you know, uh, you know, in an office, you know, to do this and that or whatever. Why would you take a different approach unless you just didn't give a crap? Well, I, I, I think that is, you can make the argument that a part of the whole uh, there's no silos. It's going to be collaborative. Da da da. If the Patriot way was okay, and the crafts were, I think, a part of pushing that narrative out there. You know, they didn't shoot it down early on when everybody started to mention the Patriot way. Well, then I can clearly make the case that ownership is trying to take the Patriot way and light it on fire. Because now we just want to do everything different and point. hire from the same. Yeah. So if there even was a Patriot way, the two people who own the team are the ones that are actively standing there in front of the stadium and lighting those pages it on is fire. Weird. Do people still use it? Do they still talk about? Because it was such a cliche and it was like such a way to just whatever. I wonder if they if that still exists. Do they need to burn the book? If the Patriot way represents bill and his mentality and yeah. his philosophy well we should do away with it that's that's what i think and there is, goes the pendulum swinging the other way again and that's why i think in part you and i have been reacting the way we are because it's gone from you know a uh, hundred miles an hour in one direction to a hundred miles an hour in another direction just in terms of trying to run this thing and yeah you know what now that i hear tom brady say that on the patriot way it feels like Robert and Jonathan are the ones that are trying to just 
debunk that, nope, Patriot way, hey, it don't work no more, da-da-da. We're going to become something different as an organization, which means to this point, well, we just do like everybody else. There's nothing different. There's been nothing unique. And I'm, quite honestly, a little disappointed that Gerard Mayo has not been able to uh, persuade some of these guys to come here and be the offensive coordinator. I do kind of look at it as the more guys who say no, the more it does negatively reflect on Gerard Mayo in but some ways. But also, maybe there's like, maybe nobody's really caught his eye. Maybe there's not somebody that really stood out. Maybe he's just looking for something specific. And how's it going to get better then with oh, this I agree group with you. Of, of just, these are guys. I'm not denigrating them as, you know, people or football coaches or whatever. But, you know, the, the people that are on this list are not the names that you'll read at the beginning of the 2024 season who are the next crop of head coaches in waiting. Because think about it. If you're a coordinator... In theory, you should be head coach ready or pretty damn close to it in terms of because, again, you're running you're running one of the part you're you're running half of the football team on your side of the ball. What if you're just a passing game uh, coordinator? Uh, Yeah, that's where I start to kind (laughs) of. So why does a great. So you mean to tell me now, listen, for a guy like Shanahan, I can at least understand it a little bit because he's the head coach, right? So there is some of that I can add some nuance to. Well, these guys are, uh, and they got, so uh, you, you got your position coaches, you got a run game coordinator, you got a pass game coordinator, and then does like uh, Shanahan just show up and go, hey guys, great work. I'll call all the plays and get all the credit. See you later. That's what those kind of guys feel like. It's like they're the Ernie Adams of these situations where you don't really see them very often and they get none of the credit. But here's the other thing too. If you're a pass game coordinator, do you understand the run enough to be able to coach it, call it, coach the coaches, fix the problems that there could be with it, and all that other kind of stuff that comes along with being an OC? 617-779-7937. Oh, I don't want to say that it's a doom and gloom show today, but what is going on in Baltimore is going to affect the Boston Red Sox in a very... Very, very big way. And more coming around to my crazy thinking. People said the word sale was nutty. Eh, People are starting to follow the money. Tori and I are going to get into that next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. 
We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.